You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going A's fans, and welcome to episode 229 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's episode, catching up on some news from over the weekend because a lot of stuff happened, like things that you should probably know. And so, uh, gonna go over that in the first segment. The next two segments after that, I'm gonna answer some questions because you guys uh, really filled up that mailbox, and I want to give all of the questions some time. So, I'm doing more mailbags. Uh, so that's what we got going on for you guys today. Uh, as always, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, today's episode is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Well, with all that stuff out of the way, let's get into it. There's been a lot of news happening the last few days. And with Division Day and the Cole Irvin interview last week, I have not been able to update you guys as much as I usually would. So let's do some quick hits on the news from over the weekend. First up, Mike Fires is looking questionable for opening day with a back hip thing. Uh, it started off in his backs, moved to his hip, and now they're like, hey, is he gonna is he gonna pitch immediately? Probably not. He's gonna he's gonna take some time off. So that's where we're at right now with Mike Fires. Uh, and that basically leaves the door open for a number of guys to fill that fifth man or fifth spot in the rotation for the A's on opening day. And it's it's going to be contentious. There, there are at least five guys vying for that spot. Uh, I know that a couple of the guys have been mentioned by name to uh, the media, like uh, the, the Chronicles reporting that Bob Melvin mentioned AJ Puck and Dalton Jeffries by name, uh, as well as a few guys, but they did not report those guys. So I don't know who else he said. I'll get into some of my picks a little bit later, but um, yeah, AJ Puck and Dalton Jeffries seem like the front runners, apparently. Um, and again, I'll go into more depth than that here when I answer a question here in the second segment. But uh, for me, I just don't see Puck being in the running as the fifth man in the rotation just yet. Um, I know that he has the most upside out of any of the five options, but he's barely pitched in two years and rushing him to be ready in just a couple of weeks when he hasn't even faced live batters yet, uh, live opposing batters. He's, you know, been working on the backfields and stuff, but uh, I, I don't know that that's the way you want to go when somebody hasn't been pitching is, hey, you know how you haven't had a guy with a bat in his hands in a while? How about you face the Dodgers in your first start back. That sounds like fun. Or the Astros, depending on if he's fourth or fifth or whatever. But uh, yeah, th- those, are the, those are the two options for him right now or for the fifth starter. You get the Astros or the Dodgers. Have fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I would be rushing him if I was the A's to just go right now because um, I don't know how, ma- how many innings he can throw and still be effective and not risk injury and all that stuff. Um, so there's a lot at play with getting AJ Puck into the majors right now. And I think if you get like 60 or 70 innings out of him for the entire season, 
you're probably happy. Why burn those all up front? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally. Um, so I think that they would be better served going somewhere besides AJ Puck, even though I think that he brings a lot to the rotation when he does finally get there. I just want to make sure that he's healthy first is all. Uh, in better news, Frankie Montas made his first start of the Cactus League and looked good against the White Sox. He went three innings pitched, gave up two hits and struck out two. And if he's healthy entering the season, I think that he could be a real breakout guy for the A's along with Jesus Lazardo. Uh, I'm very high on both those guys. And according to the Chronicle, Frankie Montas was able to pitch without being added to the 40-man roster as kind of like a rehab start that you do with guys that are hurt. And he was able to do that because of his COVID diagnosis. So uh, they're still going to have to figure out who's going to have to come off the 40-man roster in the coming days to put Frankie Montas back on the 40-man roster. But uh, he was able to do that without making or without that transaction being made. So we're still kind of in the dark as to who's being... Uh, taken off the 40-man roster, and honestly, I don't know who it's going to be right now. Uh, I assume an outfielder. I don't know for sure. Uh, it could also be uh, Nick Turley, who hasn't pitched since, like, Tuesday, I don't think, um, or Danny Jimenez, the Rule 5 pick. Uh, the problem is if you, you uh, subject Nick Turley to waivers, then he's on waivers, and uh, so th there's more at play with the guys that make the most sense. Uh, Nick Turley struggled and maybe they've been keeping him from games just because they're like, okay, now work on the stuff in the backfields and then we'll throw you guy out there again, see how it goes. Um, I'm still very intrigued by Nick Turley. I want to see him turn it around and have uh, one hell of a season, but maybe he, uh, bef before he gets to the Liam Hendricks stage, he has to be DFA'd and then brought back later. Maybe that's the, uh, the path for him. But uh, I, I'm very intrigued to see more Nick Turley, even though he hasn't been great. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to more good news, though. The Buddy Reed show continued on Sunday afternoon when he leaped over the wall in center to bring a ball back. And because the dimensions at Hohokam are uh, strange, it, it's I really it, it's kind of like uh, the green monster in Boston, but in center field. And so it would have been extra bases for uh Reigning AL MVP, Jose Abreu, but instead, Buddy Reed uh, leapt his butt off and caught that one. And uh, yeah, if you want to see the highlight of that, if you haven't already, uh, check our Twitter feed at Locked On A's. It's towards the top. I haven't done much since that game. So uh, yeah, Buddy Reed does something every single day, and he's uh, he's a lot of fun. But the final note that I got from Sunday's game is that Cole Irvin, uh, friend of the pod, Cole Irvin, if you didn't listen to the, those uh, two interviews, or it was one interview split into two parts, had a lot of fun talking to him. Check those out from last week. Uh, Cole Irvin's name is in the episode title. Should be pretty easy to figure out. Uh, he pitched the final three innings against the uh, the White Sox on Sunday. He gave up four hits, one run, and that was on a solo shot to Matt Reynolds. I believe that he is uh, of Rockies fame. And uh, he also struck out two batters. And with that outing, Cole Irvin uh, has now pitched eight innings, allowed seven hits, walked one, and struck out seven while allowing two earned runs. And his ERA sits at 225. Um I'm intrigued because they brought him in as a relief arm after having him. Obviously, you can't have a ton of starters because you got to get your regular guys going and keep them on regular rotation and all that stuff. But bringing in Cole Irvin, who's obviously uh, worked both as a uh, starting pitcher and a relief pitcher, bringing him in, having him pitch three innings. I'm intrigued by that because that's how he's been used in the in the majors quite a bit. And he held down his own facing big leaguers on Sunday, a very, very good White Sox team. And uh, even though he ended up with the loss in the game, I, 
I still think that he's he's in line to maybe get an opening day nod either in the rotation or in the bullpen. I'll talk about that in the second uh, segment here in a little bit, but if he is in the bullpen, then he could be a nice long man, or you could start him off in the rotation and then uh, use him in the in the bullpen from there. So I, I, I see his versatility being an asset to the A's on opening day, whereas a lot of the other starting pitchers that are in the mix don't necessarily have that outside of A.J. Puck, honestly. So uh, they haven't pitched in, and you know, uh, Kiprillian, pitched a few innings out of the bullpen. Uh, Dalton Jeffries got a start and didn't do well against Texas, but uh, Cole Irvin has the longest track record in the majors and he's a lefty. So uh, I think that that could work in his favor moving forward towards opening day. So those are all the big news moments from uh, this past week, but on deck for this coming week, or, you know, as you're uh, listening to this this week, cause it's Monday, uh, we should see the debut of rule five pick outfielder Kai Tom on Monday. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be DHing or in the outfield, but we should see him at the plate, which is kind of why they got him. He's a lefty bat. Uh, I'm intrigued. Quite honestly, I, I want to see what he can do. See if he can make a case for him to be on the opening day roster in the total span of two weeks. Is he going to get enough playing time? Uh, is the injury going to linger? Th- these are things that I'm going to be looking for over the next couple of weeks with Kai, Tom. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal, the A's new closer, should make his A's debut on Wednesday. Uh, they, Bob Melvin, he, he pitched on Sunday in like a bullpen session. Bob Melvin said a couple days off and then throw him again uh, in a game. So everybody's like, eh, probably Wednesday. So I am assuming Wednesday, we're going to say that it's Wednesday. Uh, and then finally, Sean Murphy should get into a game at some point this week too. It's going to be nice to see uh, Sean Murphy back. Drafted him on my fantasy team and everywhere, I believe, because uh, nobody knows about him and he's fantastic. Future all-star, Sean Murphy. Um, this is going to be an important couple of weeks for Kai Tom, and I'm intrigued to see what happens with him uh, because the A's are going to have to make that decision on whether or not he makes the A's opening day roster by the end of spring. Uh, if he doesn't, then he gets offered back to Cleveland. So uh, his future in the organization is going to be determined by the next two weeks, and uh, that's that's interesting to me. And if he doesn't make the team, then does that open up a spot for somebody named Buddy Reed? I'm going to get into that here in the second half, so stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. MLB is right around the corner. You can bet on Matt Olson to lead the league in home runs if you feel like it. Uh, Is it smart? I don't know. Listen to the episode where I talked about that. Um, Also, BetOnline covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. And BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do to sign up is head over to their website at betonline.ag, and you can use your mobile device to do the same thing on Safari or Chrome, whichever one you want. Or, uh, I don't is uh, Internet Explorer still a thing for, like, Android people? I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> but all you got to do, go over to their website, however you get there, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code locked on. That is one word locked on. And that is why Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Next on the docket of things I should read is uh, join our bracket challenge. It doesn't have anything for me to click on, but I did see it earlier today. And I believe I know that it is our uh, ESPN bracket for locked on and people that listen to locked on. And uh, you can fill out your college basketball bracket, your March Madness bracket in our group and uh, compete against other people. I believe 
maybe this is why they took it down. But when I saw it before, uh, if you beat our experts or our hosts, which I don't know if that includes like me, because I would be a terrible person to go up against because I don't know that I'd be great for you guys to go up against. I'd be bad to like place bets on me winning. Um, but if you beat our hosts, then you get to go on the locked on today podcast, um, which sounds really cool. It's a great podcast. Maybe you got to beat, uh, the, the host of the podcast, Peter Bukowski. Maybe that's the deal, but, uh, either way, Hey, if you want to have fun in a group with some locked on people. Uh, there's a link on our show notes for, to join that March madness bracket from locked on. And, uh, if you win, you might get some, you know, some, some airtime on a show. So that sounds like fun to me. Uh, go ahead and click the link in our show notes. And also welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. Uh, you can follow us at social, on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe uh, wherever you like hearing podcasts and leave us a rating and a review if you do, please. Um, all right, so uh, it's mailbag time and I got a question. And this one comes from Mark, not the same Mark that uh, tweeted or, you know, uh, sent me the question from last episode. It is a different Mark. Uh, this one is not Mark Canna's burner account. This is just regular guy named Mark. Uh, he's been a follower of the podcast for a very long time. So uh, thank you for your question, Mark. But let's get into the question. And he's asked, uh, aside from Buddy Reed, who's made the best impression in spring training as a possible 40 man guy? Uh, and so I was like, I, I wanted to clarify this one. And I Asked him uh, to clarify, and he said, uh, basically, who's been overlooked that could get a chance this year? And that's uh, that's where I went with this. And I talked about Matt Blackham a little bit last week and how he caught my attention. And so far this spring, he's worked three innings, given up three hits, a run, and a walk. But he also has five strikeouts, which is tied for the most on the team, or it was when I did the stats. Uh, I, I did the stats a couple days ago. And at the time of that, uh, he was tied for the most on the team, including starters. And Cole Irvin had uh, five in his five innings. Nick Turley had five in his three innings. But if I'm going for somebody other than Matt Blackham, who I wasn't necessarily, uh, I, I knew that he was on the team. I just uh, wasn't really paying attention to him up until spring training. Um, so good job on Matt Blackham opening my eyes. And uh, I'm intrigued to see if he, uh, he can turn things around because his style line's always been really good. I just want to see uh, what's been keeping him from the majors. So uh, he, he has good hair. I know that. Um, but other than Matt Blackham, I have to go with the starters that uh, we usually hear about in Dalton Jeffries, Grant Holmes, James Caprillion, and also Cole Irvin in that mix. Uh, again, I wrote this a couple of days ago. So uh, <laughs> I'm going off of things and uh, things have changed. So it's going to be interesting to see how these four guys do moving forward now that there could be a roster spot or a uh, rotation spot open for each of these guys or for one of these guys. Um, those four guys have combined for 20 innings pitched, given up 11 hits, two earned runs and struck out 21. That does not include Cole Irvin's uh, Sunday outing, but every uh, Dalton Jeffries outing from Saturday, uh, it is included. So uh, yeah, they've been really good as a unit and I'm very intrigued to see what each of them does when they get their chance in the major leagues. And all, all four of these guys are on the 40 man roster and if Turley and uh, Danny Jimenez, the Rule 5 pick, do not make the cut, there could be an opening in the bullpen for one of them. And if Mike Fires back uh, just lingers for a little long, uh, then there might be a spot or two in the rotation this season, too. So uh, I'm very intrigued to see who gets the first shot and how they're being used in spring training as a lead up into the regular season, because that could uh, tip Bob Melvin's hand a little bit as to 
who's in the running. So uh, unless everybody stays healthy for the entire season, you're going to be seeing at least a couple of these guys in the big leagues at some point this season. And so with that in mind, I'm going to be keeping an eye on who's coming into games and when. Like I said in the top of the in the top of the show, uh, Cole Irvin came in out of the bullpen. I know Dalton Jeffries did too, but Cole Irvin in particular is interesting to me because I think that he could be used as either a starter or a reliever. Dalton Jeffries was getting innings, in my opinion, personally. Um, and so if he starts starting games, does that change the calculus for uh, how he's going to be used moving forward? I don't know. We'll see. And if somebody does come in out of the bullpen, is their stuff playing up out of the bullpen? How many how many innings are they throwing? Um, stuff like that is going to be very intriguing to me um, moving forward with the last couple of weeks here of spring training. And if I had to make a pick of the top two right now, I'd say that Cole Irvin is one of those guys. And then James Caprillion would probably be my second guy to get the call. Even though Dalton Jeffries has allowed uh, three hits in his six innings, he's been really, really solid. But my reasoning here is that uh, Cole Irvin is a lefty and he has a different look. And if Nick Turley is not going to be in that bullpen, then you replace him with another lefty that has a different look, doesn't necessarily throw as hard, but uh, he's not the same as Adam Kalerick, another lefty, and he doesn't throw as hard as James uh, or as uh, Jake Diekman. So he's a different look out of that bullpen. And I think that he could be a nice long man in the bullpen for the A's. Um, and then if you got Caprillion, he's faced the hardest competition so far this spring, according to baseball reference, and uh, they have his quality of opposition rating at 9.4, which is right about major league hitters. And then on the flip side of that, you got Cole Irvin and Dalton Jeffries in the mid sevens, which is roughly between double uh, A and triple A. And then you got Grant Holmes, who's been facing more double A batters. And these are four guys that are just about ready for their shot in the big leagues. And they're all going to be fighting for their chance to make the opening day uh, roster, whether that's in the rotation or potentially in the bullpen. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and see what they do in these last couple of weeks here. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention uh, that I'm also keeping an eye on in spring training here is the status of Kai Tom. I said that he's starting uh, at, at somewhere on Monday. Uh, not Maybe by the time you listen to this, he will have a hit and we know things. But uh, as I'm recording this at roughly 8.30 on Sunday, I have no idea. So I'm going to see how, how healthy is he? How is he looking? Um, is he collecting hits? How good is his defense? Because Buddy Reed is a solid backup option right now. And uh, Kai Tom, he's got his work cut out for him because he, he only has two weeks to really make an impact. And uh, his oblique injury really opened up the door for some extra playing time for some other left-handed outfielders. And the health of Blaze Tom or Kai Tom uh, is going to have a, some big implications for you know Buddy Reed uh, potentially. I know that I say that, but there's a lot more at play here than just adding Buddy Reed if Kai Tom goes back to Cleveland. And that is that uh, if Tom comes back and is able to play, then he either makes the team or he doesn't. That's one or one or the other here. And if he makes the team, then his 40-man roster spot is his. That's, that's it. That's how that goes. If he doesn't make the team and is offered back to Cleveland, then their roster spot opens up for somebody like Buddy Reed. And that is his easiest path to the 40-man roster and potentially to Oakland is Blaze Tom being offered back to the Cleveland Indians. Uh, then again, if Tom lands on the injured list because of the oblique injury, then the A's could use that open roster spot to add uh, Buddy Reed to the 40-man, which would pave a path for him to get to Oakland. But then they could face another roster crunch when Tom needs to be activated because he has to be on the major league roster for the entire season for him to stay as an Oakland A in the organization. So it's not super clear cut. Maybe you're banking on somebody being injured and being on the IL that would still uh, keep Buddy Reed on that uh, on that 40-man roster. But 
it's not as easy as, oh, one guy goes down, you put him on, and then all of a sudden everything's fixed because somebody's going to have to go through waivers and then you're losing somebody else. So uh, there's a lot of implications here if Blaze Tom is still hurt at the end of spring training because do they keep him? Do they offer him back? Uh, Lots of, it's convoluted and stupid. I I, I know that, but it just shows that Tom's injury uh, looks like it presents an opening for Buddy Reed on the surface, but there is a lot more at play than simply just adding him to the 40-man roster unless Blaze Tom is offered back to Cleveland and they take him back. So uh, that's uh, that's all I got for people that have impressed me in spring training. It's mostly the guys in the rotation and what they're going to be doing uh, in the last couple of weeks here. So coming up on the show, uh, who's going to end up being Sean Murphy's backup this season? Is it going to be Aramis Garcia or Austin Allen? I've got some thoughts, so stay locked in with Locked On A's to hear them. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. Now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is time for some Built Bar madness, people. Today, they have toffee almond versus mint brownie. I am not a toffee person, so this is an easy, easy, easy one for me. It's been brownie all the way. Uh, Coming up on that, they're going to have peanut butter and coconut puff. Have not had coconut puff. I'm going with peanut butter. Uh, It's going to be very interesting, but for today, I'm I'm sticking with today. I'm not going off topic. They have too many flavors. They make me want to talk about all of them. Sticking with today, I'm going mint brownie, and uh, if you want to go ahead and Place your own votes for your favorite Built Bar flavor. You just go to BuiltBar.com and uh, it's right at the top. It's the first thing you'll see. You just click on which one you like and then you can order some more if you want to by going to BuiltBar.com, entering LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. We are counting down the days to opening day here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And next Wednesday, March 24th, the Locked On MLB Podcast begins one of our biggest events of the year with the Locked On MLB Division Series Preview. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around their team. There is no better way to get baseball smart before opening day. Regular smart, I'm going to have to hit some bucks, but baseball smart, I'm tuning in to Locked On MLB. And you can do it too by subscribing to the Locked On MLB podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you like hearing podcasts. Also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe. Uh, not every day is mailbag day, but sometimes it's a lot of fun because I I come up with things, but sometimes I want to know what you guys want to know because uh, sometimes I get really deep into the weeds. So uh, I, I like knowing what people, what real people are thinking and not, you know, what his exit velocity was on this pitch and why that's important. So uh That brings me to our next question, and that is from at Raider Hitman on Twitter. And he asked, how do you see the RMS Garcia versus Austin Allen battle shaking out, uh, assuming that Sean Murphy is healthy? Uh, Sean Murphy is, as I said before, making his uh, season debut hopefully this week at some point. Uh, That could be a week from yesterday, which would be Sunday, or it could be or, you know, today as I'm recording this, um, or it could be, you know, Wednesday with Trevor Rosenthal too. Uh, we, we don't know yet, but I'm sure that we'll get a couple days notice. But for the question at hand, uh, as of right now, we're working with a pretty small sample size and a couple of hot games from either uh, Garcia or Allen could put them ahead in the running. But for me right now, I'm sticking with RMS Garcia. 
ever since I read that article in The Athletic about him working on his pitch framing, I'm like, oh, that's the guy. He's going to win. Because um, I think that it is going to be a defensive thing. They said it on the Sunday broadcast uh, on NBC Sports California, I think is the one that plays these games. Uh, I don't know. It just shows up and I click on it. I don't know which one it is. It could be uh, sports, whatever. It it doesn't matter which <laughs> channel I'm streaming on Hulu. Um Anyway, so yeah, it, it's going to be, I think, defensive oriented because right now nobody's really standing out offensively. So far this spring, Armas Garcia is three for nine with a couple of walks and he's been playing some pretty solid defense behind the dish. And before Saturday's game, Austin Allen was one for eight with one walk. Uh, but that one hit was also a solo homer off of one of the best relievers in baseball and Josh Hader. And on the whole, I think that Allen has been facing slightly tougher competition on the mound, dueling against roughly triple-A pitching, while Garcia has been playing against roughly double-A guys. So uh, maybe you don't go into the offensive numbers uh, just yet. It's just a matter of getting the swings, and then we'll see how the offensive numbers go the last couple of weeks. But for Garcia, outside of his three hits and nine at-bats, he also has one ground out and five strikeouts, which could be a very troubling trend uh, against tougher pitching because he's doing this against double-A pitching uh, on the aggregate. It's not necessarily always double-A pitching, but um, yeah, you don't want to see somebody with five strikeouts and nine at-bats. Um, at the same time, Allen has one hit, and while it came off a tough lefty, Hader said after the game uh, to the Brewers reporters that he was working on his changeup and that the first two pitches in Allen's at-bat were off-speed offerings. Off-speed offerings? I should have written that differently. Off-speed offerings that were called for balls. So at that point, it was a good guess that Allen would be getting a heater ahead in uh, 2 in the count. And Allen still had to crush the ball, so I'm not discounting that he you know, took him deep by any means, but... I just don't know that Hayter would have the same plan of attack against Allen in a regular season game. And I, cause I don't think that he would be throwing him two changeups to start off the ad bat personally. I think that he would have challenged him with some heaters uh, to start off with and uh, see, Hey, can you hit these and, you know, play some in different spots as opposed to trying to steal a strike or something like that. So that's the battle right now. Neither candidate is ahead and like way out ahead of the other. And like I said a couple of weeks back, I think that this position battle will come down to which catcher develops a rapport with a starter or two, similar to how Jonah Heim got Chamaniah back on track last season. I think that that's the road to Oakland right now, is uh, who do you match up with? Who can you improve upon? Um, because John Murphy can't play every day, obviously, so somebody's going to have to have a rapport with somebody else. And uh, it's going to be, who's that guy? And for what it's worth, Cole Irvin seemed impressed by Allen behind the dish in his first start and said that they were on the same page the whole way through. Uh, Cole Irvin gave him his game plan for uh, his start against, uh, who was it? Not Cle- uh, Colorado. And he was like, yeah, that, that's good. And he had it memorized. And then all of a sudden uh, the A's went up 7 nothing. He's like, fastballs. And he's like, yeah, fastballs. Uh, so it, it looked like they were on the same page. So if Cole Irvin's in the mix, does he feel comfortable with Allen over Garcia, who I don't think that he's worked with yet? Maybe. So uh, these are things that come into play when it comes to the backup catcher, in my eyes at least. And uh, I'd still probably go with Garcia right now just because of that Alex Coffey article from The Athletic a couple weeks back when he was working on his pitch framing with one of the best in the business at pitch framing in Yasmani Grandal. So that puts him ahead in my mind, at least until I see something different that changes my mind. So right now, Armas Garcia is ahead, but... uh, it's not, that's just my opinion, really. I'm going off of nothing except for, uh, you know, guts. Um, so it's going to be a close race until the end. And it's going to be something small that I think dictates who is going to get that backup spot uh, in the end. So uh, right now you can make a case for either catcher, honestly. And right now I'm just saying that it's RMS Garcia and I got a 50-50 shot. So we'll see. Um, but those are my reasons as to why is 
defense. Um, so yeah, that's it for me today. Um, coming up tomorrow, I'm going to probably talk about spring training. That's it. <laughs> and then on Wednesday, uh, I, I'm talking with Bryce Patterick of Locked On Rangers. We're doing our Division Day uh, thing that we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, this week, it is the Rangers. And uh, we talked for like an hour. We are, we already recorded it on Sunday. So if uh, something uh, earth-shattering happens, I apologize. It's not going to be in that episode. Um, I actually did not even get a Sunday's episode in there, or Sunday's uh, A's game in there. So uh, that will not even be included. Um, but yeah. I, I'm talking to him on Wednesday and Thursday, and that might be it for the week. It's uh, it's my anniversary with the wife this weekend, and she is taking a week off. So I think that I might just do four episodes each of the next two weeks just because uh, it's easier to record when she's not home, and I don't have as much time because I love my wife. So, <laughs> so with that said, uh, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk with you guys tomorrow. <laughs>